This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige and engineering first. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Bonjour and welcome to the world's best construction podcast. I'm your host, Fred Mills, and like always, I'm joined by Liam Marsh and Luke Bly. How you doing, guys? Doing great, mate. Doing great. Who doesn't uh, who doesn't love an Easter weekend, right? Yeah, well, in four my, days. It, oh. in, yeah, go on. Well, well, hang on. What, what do you say? Oh, Luke, you're going to say, oh, I'm a subcontractor. I don't, I don't get the, nah. the days paid off. <laughs> Well, yes. First and foremost, yes, that is true. But oh. also, Star Wars celebration for me, mate. It was just a long Star Wars weekend. Oh, so. how was your party, mate? Yeah, it was great. It was great. Sold it out, didn't I? Oh, sold sold it out. And well done, Fred. Fred's in the corner, topless dance, <laughs> topless dancing. Ah, <laughs> oh, mate, I bet he was <laughs> signing, signing autographs, signing yeah, posters. Signing- Signing uh, action figures, mate, you know, <laughs> that looked like him. The force was with me. Yeah. It was good. Be- I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I'm going to decline to comment if that's okay. Did, you get it, yeah. did anyone ask you for selfies, Fred? Lots of people, mate. As always, big crowd. Big <laughs> oh, crowd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, could no barely witnesses. move. Could barely move. And then, and then I woke up. Then I woke up and realized it was Saturday and I went to Luke's party so yeah <laughs> fred i've i've been out with you quite a few times man i've still not seen anyone ask for a selfie with you i'm starting no, it to doesn't think happen, does it, it never happen happens, with mate. someone no always I've seen people yeah. asking for directions i've seen people come up with their phone and he's like it's coming they're gonna ask me for a selfie and they go excuse me you know how to get to the barbecue so it happens quite a lot it's genuinely on my children's lives it happens quite a lot but then when, when someone comes up to me and they're like Oh my god, are you from and I'm like I look around going, Oh no, no, there's no one here from the team that are gonna believe me. Of one person I was like, Can you just come with me to the office right now? Because I need to prove to them. Ooh. You should video it, mate. Video it. Yeah, hang on, yeah. hang on one sec. I'm gonna get a selfie of us having a selfie. <laughs> yeah, can I can I get a <laughs> selfie with you? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, such levels of fame. Beyonce doesn't have this problem. She just uh, uh yeah, it's different league for Beyonce. But yeah, how, mm. how you been, Luke? You've obviously had a good skyscraper. Skyscraper? Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, both, mate. Skyscraper and Star Wars. Skyscraper yeah, and Star Wars, yeah. Um, got on the um, the cable car. It's not called the Emirates cable car. It's called like the cloud, like the iCloud or something yeah, stupid. Yeah, latest sponsor, like, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, which is really cool. And you get a really good view. That goes, obviously, from like the XL area over to the O2 you can see all these towers in Canary Wharf. It looks amazing, mate. To think like most of that weren't there, you know, like 20 years ago. It's impressive. It's funny when you um, 
when things get new sponsors, like Boris Bikes, right? When I first got to London, it was Boris Bikes. And then, yeah. what, a few years later, it changed to Santander Bikes. And everyone yeah. that you could tell had moved to London after the Boris Bikes and they'd been Santander Bikes. So we're like, oh, let's just get a Santander bike. And we're like, well, Man. I think that they were, they were Barclays <laughs> Boris Bikes. There were Barclays bikes, and, oh, and, oh, and Barclays were annoyed that probably that they were all just called Boris bikes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and so they were like, this sponsorship ain't worth it, mate. And, you know, no. we, had, we had the British Airways London Eye, then there was the EDF Energy London Eye. I think it might be Coca-Cola now. Yeah, yeah I think it's Coca-Cola, <sighs> mate. It looks yeah. cool when they light it up at like Christmas time. Uh, that's true. It does. Yeah, it does. Who'd be, a good, uh, who'd be a good sponsor for the cable car next? Like what would be what would be a funny B one M the B one M obviously. <laughs> I heard they couldn't get someone to do it, so I think the the Emirates deal was like a million quid or something. But then Emirates ended it because it wasn't really doing as well. It used to be called the Emirates Airline, didn't it? The cable mm-hmm. car. Mm-hmm. They ended it, and apparently they, they struggled to find a sponsor for a while because it it was uh, no one was that interested in the old. Well, how many people would actually use it then? Because you'd have to divide well, it and work out the foot traffic, actual eyes mm-hmm. on branding. I think you get your brand name on the tube map, don't you? Because the Emirates Airline was actually called Emirates Airline on the London tube map, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Maybe uh, that's something for Liam to look into, B1M cable car. (laughs) Give you 500 quid. (laughs) 500 quid, there you go, done. (laughs) Start low. (laughs) We, uh, back in the February half term, uh, I took my kids to the Jurassic World exhibition at XL. And we mm. deliberately went to Greenwich North and sorry, North Greenwich and got on the cable car and went over to the XL, did it that way. So it's a bit of a fun thing for the kids to do. And uh, the big expensive trip to Jurassic World was not as good, apparently, as the cable car. They still talk about <laughs> the cable car ride. That was their highlight of the day. <laughs> not the thing we were actually there to do. So <laughs> well, That's te- testament to the cable car, mate. And it's really good. The views from it are really impressive. If people haven't done London before, I do think... You know, if you've got some spare time and you're in East London, I mean, why would you be in East London? But it's worth doing, mate. It's worth doing. But, <laughs> that's, a, that's sold, yeah. it, isn't it? If you, yeah. if you come to London, you've got some spare time in East London, <laughs> give the cable car a go. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we've got some good things come up on today's episode. We were talking about the $7 billion plan to save New York's most hated train station, a very cool video that came out on the B1M yesterday. Also in the news, KPF's 480-metre new Magnolia-inspired skyscraper in Shanghai and Maryland's tree-topped public library plans, which are very, very beautiful, designed by Heatherwick Studio. As ever, the whole thing is going to be served up with some batter and some witty banter, all coming your way. Let's go. So this week we are talking about the $7 billion plan to save New York's most hated train station, a video which came out on the B1M yesterday. Uh, now, there are probably quite a few contenders for New York's most hated railway station, but topping most lists is Penn Station. This has over 600,000 daily passengers at peak. It's the busiest train station in the Western Hemisphere, which I didn't know. Uh, but it's not exactly world-class. You've got a confusing layout, you've got low ceilings, you've got crowded corridors kind of all conspires to make it a part of the city that most people try and avoid but Mm. but 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 that is all about to change because new york has proposed a very bold plan to reconstruct penn station and create a new impressive first class transit hub hot takes guys you excited by this (laughs) 
<laughs> I, as regular fan station users. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, so happy. I, <laughs> thank Liam's God. over the moon. <laughs> um, Liam, have you been to New York? No, mate. No, I haven't. I, I will just jump in and say the, we, we had a soundbite where one of the guys says uh, it's one of the world's worst services in the Western world. Clearly, that man has not ridden the Central Line in London at peak hour. <laughs> in the summer. So hot. <laughs> yeah. When it's so like 50 degrees. hot. <laughs> yeah, it does get pretty hot. It gets pretty oh. spicy. But no, mate, I've, I've never been to New York. No. Would you like to go? Is it somewhere on your bu- bucket list, do you think? Or? Uh, now that I'm a bit older, yeah. I think when I was sort of in my 20s, I didn't really have much interest in traveling to America. I sort of did Europe and Asia. And um, Now I'm in my 30s, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more interested, definitely. I think especially in New York, I've got more, a lot more cash to go there. I think if I went there in my 20s, I'd be broke pretty fast. You know what I mean? <laughs> so at least I can go there now and I can eat at the nice restaurants. I can, I can go and visit all these skyscrapers that we talk about. Um, so it's on the list. Maybe go next year, potentially. Oh, mm. and that's quite Ooh. that's quite a uh, long distance flight, isn't it, from Sydney? Right, uh, it's like the longest flight, isn't it? Yeah, Sydney I think it's to like New York, seventeen, eighteen hours direct or something. I think I think you can do it direct. Don't quote Ooh. me on this. My um my partner's um a first generation Australian. Her, her family's Italian, and her dad's brothers left Italy and moved to New York and they're all Italian ex NYPD cops. So they're all like that, like cliche New York Italian cop. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm keen to go over there. There's like 30 of them over there. So I'm keen to go meet all them. I think it's, I think Mate, it's, it's I'm, extremely I'm, funny. I'm hearing that and, 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 and hearing like free accommodation. That's what I'm hearing, you know? <laughs> and I always think- I don't know, really, man. When when you stay with like friends and family like that aren't necessarily in like the downtown sort of city centers, you you always like experience more real America mm. or re- like real part of that city. And I I I actually prefer that sometimes to stay in like central and all the glitz and the glam. But no, like when I went to New York um, in I think it was like 2015, um, I stayed at the New Yorker Hotel, which is opposite. Madison Square Garden and opposite Penn Station. Um, so if we needed to go anywhere, it would be Penn Station uh, Subway Station, right? And it is a bit ropey. It is a bit ropey. <laughs> it is not well designed. Actually, I think the whole area, the whole area is just like, it's not It's not great. It's not like horrible, but it's not great. And so when people say, yeah, Penn Station, oh, it's a bit... It's a bit dodge, bit dodgy sometimes. Yeah, you can believe them. You can mm. believe them. A bit transient. For a, for, a, for, a, for a train terminal, mate, that's bang in the middle of a city like New York, it doesn't feel like that, despite the fact that it's obviously very busy. It's really big. It doesn't feel like this huge, grand terminal like uh, Grand Central Station. You know, that really has that feeling to it. Or like Waterloo, or you know Liverpool Street. It's it's really different to that. But the, the and thing not is, right? Way. It did used to be like that. So when Penn right. Station first opened back in 1910, it was like one of America's top transit hubs. 
because it was a completely different structure. So the original Penn Station spanned like eight, eight, eight acres across midtown Manhattan and was like one of these revered architectural landmarks. For me, it's up there with Grand Central in terms of the architecture and what it looked like. Mm. But then in the 1960s, because air and car travel increased in popularity and the railways kind of fell out of fashion and America, as we know, famously embraced the car and built the interstate highway system, it kind of just it went downhill. It wasn't being used very much. So railroad executives, when basically real estate developers came along and were like, hey, we want to buy uh, the air rights above Penn Station, we'll buy the Penn Station site. They were like, fine, go for it. It's a no-brainer. We don't need this big station here. So railroad executives sold the original beautiful Penn Station to real estate developers for $50 million back in back in the 1960s. There was a lot of opposition a lot of protests, a lot of people saying it shouldn't be torn down. But anyway, it was. They went ahead with demolishing it, and they built a new underground station. This was in 1968. The new station opened with a massive new entertainment venue above it, above ground. Funnily enough, Madison Square Garden, a very big arena that many people will know. And then over the decades, that kind of underground, dark, congested railway station we've been talking about was kind of underinvested in up to the stage right now. <laughs> Cue the new New York governor, Kathy Hochul, coming in. And then in 2021, she approved a $7 billion redevelopment of the station and its surrounding neighborhood. Basically, the plans entail the old multi-level Penn Station being replaced with a new 23,000 square meter single level space. Idea with that is it's going to improve interior design and create more space uh, for people, enabling the terminal to double its capacity for passenger flow. Outside that, there's going to be a 2,800 square meter public plaza with widened sidewalks. There's going to be a pedestrianized area. There's going to be trees, lovely idyllic sunshine and trees being brought in. A thousand additional public housing units and, most excitingly, 10 new developer-led skyscrapers surrounding the site. Albeit they will require the demolition of several existing apartment and office buildings station is going to remain operational throughout all of this which is going to be extremely complicated uh, especially as the site sits in one of the densest and most heavily populated areas on earth midtown manhattan hey it's a busy place in case you didn't know which means basically phased works they're building over live railway lines there's materials being brought in out of hours yeah and, and i say out of hours there's not many out of hours in the city that doesn't sleep in the middle of midtown manhattan it's kind of always buzzing so what you've got here is a recipe for New York to spend a lot of money and a lot of time on a railway station, which is the kind of thing they do. I noticed they're uh, they're not upgrading the the trains and the tracks though. No, this is just the station, <laughs> right? This so- is just the station, yeah. <laughs> so we're not actually solving the the actual transit issues. It's just sort of refurbishing the station, making it a lot more. Functional, a lot more eye-catching, but you're still going to have the issues with the trains, right, until they implement a project to, to change that. Yeah, they're making the station lighter, more airy, more navigable in order for it to increase capacity. But yes, the actual trains are not being changed. I should say this $7 billion as well, that's not all going on the station. That is the total development cost, including all the outside parks and the cost of the skyscrapers, which are being developer-funded and developer-led. It's a real estate thing, isn't it? It's a real estate deal, isn't it? Like this huge, huge project. And the the area 
I think probably needs it. It's just um, there's a lot. There's a there's a lot relying on this to happen for this to happen, isn't it? It's all in, intricate. It's all connected. Very much and, so. And um, that almost makes it as a project, uh, for lack of a better expression, a bit vulnerable. Maybe mm. you know. W- Am I wrong in saying that? Aren't they waiting for like these skyscrapers to be built because the demand for office has has kind of slipped, and you've got loads more office space space being built in other parts of Manhattan? Yeah, you do get this bit. So Hudson Yards is kind of a similar example in Kings Cross in London, Battersea in London. These districts can feel like they're they have these big ambitions and they feel like quite a long way off. But then over the years, they do steadily come to fruition. And then the day they open, people kind of forget the journey they've been on. But it's a good point, Luke. Like the way this is being funded, they've got some money from the federal infrastructure bill that the Biden administration passed in 2021. But they're getting some of the money from private developers. So the developers are going to build these skyscrapers, which obviously brings more creates more office space, more housing. It brings more traffic into the center of the city as, as if it needs more of that. Um, but as part of that, the developers are getting tax breaks on those skyscrapers, but they're being uh, given a kind of different kind of levy, which is being reinvested into part of the station upgrade works. So basically, New York State government are getting some money from the federal government and some money from this levy they're putting on uh, developers building skyscrapers around this area. As we say in the video, the problem is that because there's a lower demand for office space in New York right now, these developments are being held back by the developers, so they're not going ahead, which right. means that the funding that New York State needs to do this project isn't coming through. So already, before they've actually started anything, the project is delayed from its original timeline, which is pretty, yeah. uh, well, unsurprising, to be honest, for New York City. It's the sort of thing, I mean, particularly when it comes to big public infrastructure projects, you know, think the BQE, think the Hudson Tunnel, think the Second Avenue Subway, think the... Um, Eastside Access Project, hmm. LaGuardia Airport, another one. Like these things take a lot of money and a long time. It's an expensive place to build. You know, and I, I want to put it out there that I really do like the proposal. I really do like the designs they've done. It is such an upgrade on what was there, what what what's there now. You know, currently, um, even this is this is the one with the boulevard as well, isn't there? There's like an hmm. outdoor bit. You know, and you you don't always see that in New York. You don't always see that in Manhattan. And a few weeks ago, obviously, we were covering uh, J.P. Morgan's new headquarters, and there's emphasis on you know like um, public area, you know, public plaza where you can just kind of walk in, walk out. It's airy. It just adds to the um, the, the 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 street experience. Just walking the streets. Um, once again, this area needs that. It really, really, really does need that because, yeah, it, it does feel ropey. And yeah. this is this is New York City. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of those places, especially when you're in the station, mate, it feels like, yeah, it doesn't feel nice. It doesn't and this, feel And this is where most people come into New York City. Penn Station is the busiest station. It's where most people get their first taste of New York City when they come up above ground. Mm. So, yeah, making that better is obviously... Obviously, pretty important. Um, on the two seventy Park Avenue thing, the J.P. Morgan headquarters. I want to just jump on that because mm. I, people might be getting mixed messages here. 
There is a high demand for premium office space, so very nice, attractive, destination-style offices like the JP Morgan headquarters. There is high demand for that. There is lower demand for your standard, substandard, fluorescent light, very boring office space, Mm. which is what this would be. Developers could make it fancier office space, but that means higher construction costs, so the, the business case doesn't quite work. So that's there's a distinction here. There is there's a demand for nice office space, not rubbish office space. But and it's what, a it's a smaller part of the market. Yeah, why not just build like more premium office because space? If you imagine a pyramid, right? The the higher you go oh. the pyramid is more premium towards the top, yeah. But there's a smaller market that can afford it and are after it. So that's where your JP Morgan banks come in. Whereas oh, your your tech startups and your YouTube channels, you know. People like the B1M are down <laughs> the bottom end of the pyramid, mate. Okay. All right. That, make, that kind of makes sense. What did you guys think of the different concepts? I know one was from Rethink. Um, I didn't catch the, the name of the second one. The, the second one where they were talking about just stripping the interior of the Madison Square Garden and just leaving that shell. So when you come into that area, it's just this big, Light yeah. open space that looks phenomenal. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of different ideas. If anyone hasn't seen the video, there was this local advocacy group, as Liam said, called Rethink Penn Station, which is a great name, straight straightforward. Does what it says in the tin. <laughs> they um, they've basically got this big bold plan to rebuild the original Penn Station, the stone inspired uh, Penn Station, stone inspired, the stone clad Penn Station above ground. Uh, in, in its former glory, basically, but modernized in some ways. But to do that, they would be demolishing and relocating Madison Square Garden, an arena whose permit is up for renewal in 2023, which is uh, interesting times. The other one, as Liam said, was to keep the frame of Madison Square Garden, but basically kind of glaze it. So you create this great big circular conservatory, effectively, this great big glass atrium. So when you come up out the ground, you've got the, you're surrounded by this incredible circular glass building. You can see the skyscrapers around it. Kind of reminds me of the Oculus in Lower Manhattan, where the World Trade Center mm. is. Um, that would be awesome. But it does mean moving Madison Square Garden, which is a pretty uh, iconic venue. Has it? Has it? Has, so has the Madison Square Garden always been located there? No, or has it's it moved, moved three around? times? Yeah, yeah. It moved three. I times. don't know that. No, no I, I didn't know that. that. But it's been here but for a while. Would they change the name every time they move it? I don't know. It's not. It's also not square. It's round. Yeah, yeah I know I what's that. going on. Is that because it's from Washington? Was it near Washington Square Park, which is in a different part of the city? I don't know. <laughs> there's, people, there's people in New York listening to this now going, you idiots, this, uh, <laughs> this is British guys going, <laughs> is it Madison Square? Is it Square? Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening... That. Correct us, guys. Podcast at the B1M.com. Tell us yeah. where we've gone wrong. Give, give us the facts. But yeah. I like I like a lot of the new proposals and I think it's making the most of the of the space. It just this this project screams messy, but I think it's inevitable yeah. that it's going to be messy because of where it is. And it's still gonna be it it it, it I find it how like really bizarre how they can um still like do projects like this despite the fact that 
like the, the the station will still be running trains will still be running millions of people coming in every week you know it's it is impressive it's really really impressive i, I just like hope what- they do it well mate because i think i think it needs to happen um but i don't know this plan does seem a little bit like it's it's i said it earlier it's a bit vulnerable it's a bit i vulnerable. agree it feels like a stretch like on on paper it, for any city, particularly this one, this is you're rebuilding the main station, the busiest station in the middle of America's biggest city, while keeping it open with no space around you. Yeah, that that's difficult at the best of times for any city to do. Throw in the fact that you've got New York's bureaucracy, its track record of building public infrastructure, the fact you've tied in the developer-led skyscrapers and developers are delaying it already. Yeah, like you say, it's at the mercy of economic cycles it's at the mercy of protesters opposition groups you know it just mm. feels like it's gonna take I, I i mean i hope to be proved wrong but it feels like it's gonna take a lot longer than planned and be a lot more expensive than this seven billion we're being told sorry yeah. in the video there's a brief um snapshot of what midtown could look like with all of these proposals plus all of the other towers mm. on their way in midtown i can't believe how different it looks like Midtown Manhattan will look completely different if this goes ahead with all the other buildings that they're doing. It it will look completely different, and I can't help but think of Fred. I know you'll know what I mean here, but like when you watch stuff like Friends, you know, or anything that's filmed or known for like a New York City in in pop culture, you'll always look back and be like, "Oh, didn't the city look different?" You know, yeah. and. And now I, I feel like you know New York's going through its through a new building boom, isn't it? Particularly in in that Midtown area, there's yeah. so much going on. So Midtown in particular is it's turning into a real forest of skyscrapers, and it is that really like the sort of futuristic films you watch, you know, where mm. there's all these crazy high towers and you're flying around in between them. That's that's what it's getting like in terms of like light levels, density, the subway being able to cope with that many people being in that area is. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting times. There's a lot. There's a lot to think about. Um, another little fact around zoning. So, Empire State Development, which is the area that is is based the, the body that's overseeing this project, um, they've had to override existing land zoning laws in the area. So, basically, the current zoning permits less floor space than is typically allowed for other transit hubs in the city. But they've overridden that. They've got this plan through to build a much bigger station because there's basically a little kind of part of the law that grants exceptions in areas that are considered blighted and substandard. That's a direct quote, guys, blighted and substandard. So because of that, they're able to push this through and build a bigger, fancier station. So there you go. From the horse's mouth, the city is calling it blighted and substandard. Mm-hmm. It is. It mm. is. Liam, when you go to New York uh, next year, maybe, mate, you'll uh, you'll experience all of this. You'll be like... New York's so impressive, but you'll be like, oh, it's a little dirty. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little dirty. It's a little run down in, in little, a lot of places. I, thought, I forgot your little gripe with uh, how dirty New York is, mate. It is, it is pretty dirty. I mean, it's most, cities, as, like most cities are pretty dirty. Like, big cities are pretty dirty. Yeah. Until you go to like New York, and you're like, "Wow, this is, yeah. this is pretty dirty. Like, and and I look, Fred. Fred is like the New Yorker. Fred loves New York, but you know, Fred it, compared to 
a lot of other big cities. I don't know what it is like New York. Maybe it was like yeah, the time it takes of year, you or back. Maybe there was a strike, the, but yeah, the smell, the rubbish bags piled up. It does, it does take you back. Like it's very different to London or other cities. Um, yeah. What was that chat we had a few weeks ago about? Where, which city would you eat something off the floor in? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> what hmm. the I think Dubai came out on top. The next is like super clean. Dubai Stop and Singapore. Oh, Sorry, Stop, that was oh it. yeah, Singapore, Singapore, <laughs> Singapore, Singapore, mate. Singapore yeah. for sure. Oh. Singapore. I feel like that's a that's a thing we should do for social media. Freddie in a no, burger we'll do, on the floor somewhere. Oh, we'll do we'll do the we dirty. Can, ones. We can arrange that, mate. I can arrange yeah. that. You get a sponsor. Yeah. Get a sponsor. <laughs> Burger King, <laughs> Mackie Dude. <Dude's. laughs> I wouldn't eat a fillet of fish off any surface. Oh, here we go. Uh, Bringing it back. All right, mate. All right. <laughs> Calm down. Uh, anyway, guys, let us know what you think about the new plans for Penn Station. Are you more optimistic than me? Do you think it's going to happen? Get your comments coming in. Podcast at the B1M.com. Also in the news this week, we are swinging over to Shanghai, where KPF, once again, we love a bit of KPF on this podcast, KPF have unveiled their plans for a 480-meter super-tall skyscraper. It's officially broken ground. It's magnolia-inspired. Magnolias are the flower of Shanghai, in case you didn't know. It is called the Shanghai North Bun Center. Great name. Uh, Imagined by Cone Pedersen Fox as a vertical city. Going to contain housing, office spaces hospitality, tourist attractions, classic KPF mixed-use vertical city type thing. 95 stories above ground, four stories in an underground basement, all all due to complete in 2030. I really like this. What do you guys reckon? Um, I think it's outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. I adore it. Um, The shape... The height, everything about it, mate, I think it's a classic KPF tower. Um, but I think it's almost, and take this with a grain of salt, but it's almost like more feminine than a lot of the other KPF like mm. design towers. You know, the other KPF towers, you've got like the mechanical floors and everything. It's like a lot more brutal, a lot more angular. This is way more organic, leans into nature. The finish. The cladding, listen, if they get it right, mate, we could be looking at a bad boy here, a proper world-class bad boy. Um, I was just a little bit confused, though, Fred. I was a little bit confused about the height of this. I was under the impression um, a lot of tall buildings like this, especially 480 metres, this is another big boy, weren't being allowed to build in, um, be constructed in China. Yeah, any, any so longer. you're right. There's been a big skyscraper ban, and we have done a lot of coverage on this uh, over the last few years because it, it, it was it was announced and then it was made tighter. Basically, the general rule is that you cannot build a building over 250 meters in a large city, or over mm-hmm. 150 meters in a city with a population less than three million people. Now, 150 meters is the point at which a building officially becomes classed as a skyscraper. So. They've effectively banned skyscrapers in most cities. Bigger ones can build up to 250 metres. There is then this upper limit of 500 metres if there is a strong business case for a large city, a very large city like Shanghai, uh, having a skyscraper that big. So they must have somehow got this case approved. 
it's gone through, they're building it, but they're no longer building the mega tall stuff over 600 meters, i.e. Shanghai Tower 632. You can't go as high as that anymore. It's now 500 meters total, total cap, if you've got a good reason to do so. Otherwise, it's 250. And if you're in a small province, I say small province, less than 3 million people, which is a pretty big city, you can't build a tall building at all. I'm a little bit surprised though, mate, because I thought they were struggling. I mean, maybe my information's like outdated. I thought they were struggling to fill the Shanghai Tower. You know, they which were. Is- That's part of the reason why okay. the skyscraper ban came in. I don't know what how this. Ta- I don't know the reasons why this tower's got approved. There's not a lot of information out there from KPF, but it's going ahead. It's 480. It's broken ground. Something's happening. Yeah, something's happening. Someone's. Uh- Someone's getting paid. So, <laughs> someone's got some good mail, mate. Yeah. Someone's, oh yeah, this is some good mail. Gonna get my swim pool built. They've got they've got a relatively small site here, but they're putting quite a lot of different things on the one site. So you've got office space, you've got commercial, you've got housing, you've got hospitality, you know, restaurants, cafes, attractions, you've got new tourist attractions at the top. So for mm. a very small site, by going that tall, you're able to get a lot on it. So I'd imagine there's quite a strong business case. But mm. yeah, for it to be approved at that height with the Chinese authorities, yeah, there must have been a very compelling reason. Liam, what do you think of it, mate? Do you like it? Yeah, mate. Yeah. I um I agree with everything you said. I think it looks great. Um mm. very elegant, doesn't it? It looks very elegant. Mm. And it, it the contrast to the older buildings in the area as well, just in the in the area, it um it just looks so much more modern. I'm more modern. Yeah. I'm more clean. Yeah, I'm a big Yeah, it fan does of look it. clean. Yeah. It does look clean. I mean, it I, helps um, that it's that it's got uh the sun's just shining on <laughs> that building. <laughs> yeah, and there's no smog. There's no smog or <laughs> yeah. smog's in the background. It's really Convenient. Yeah, it is literally. Push back. Um, it's it's on its way. It's gonna be here in fifteen minutes. Yeah. Uh I don't know. Um, I've always admired the Shanghai skyline. I think the mm. Shanghai skyline, it seems a little bit more um, well thought out, a bit more planned uh, than a lot of other skylines in, in uh, major cities in China. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how this kind of fits in with the larger picture. I'm not as familiar with Shanghai. So, yeah, I'm, 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 in, I'm intrigued. I'm excited for this tower, mate. When's, yeah. when's completion meant to be? 20, 2030. 2030. It's quite a while away. I, I'm oh, looking forward to seeing this rise in the skyline. At 480 metres is a serious building. as a serious feat of engineering. Looking forward to covering that on the B1M. Uh, yeah, and tracking its progress, which should be good. Uh, now, swinging over away from China back to the USA, we are going to the city of Columbia in Maryland, which is set to get a new lakeside public library. Bet you didn't think we'd ever talk about this uh, city or location on the B1M, but here we are in Columbia, Maryland. Uh, designed by Heatherwick Studio, I think this is absolutely gorgeous. It's been inspired oh. by Columbia's origins as a planned city in the 1960s. You've got this tree-topped five-story structure, which is a joint community and education hub, and it features these walkable rooftops that are going to allow visitors to explore the building's exterior, surrounded by native plants and tree species. Works are due to start in 2024, late 2024, and the library is going to open in 2027. Now, I know you guys might not be as big a fans of this, but I really, really like this. As a community library, 
as a space for bringing people together, bringing the community together, making it interesting and engaging. I really, really like it. I think it fits in with the context. I'm a fan. I, I, I see where you're coming from. I agree with the, um, the fact that it's going to be a big asset to the community, right? If that was in my community, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It'd be pretty handy to have. It, it does look good. I mean, I am getting like Hobbiton vibes. <laughs> you know? Lord of the yeah. Rings, little Frodo's yeah. layer. <laughs> You'd know, mate. It's, that's Kiwi, isn't it? That's all New Zealand. Wait, yeah, we've got one of them. I think it's called, it's called Hobbiton, New Zealand. Have, a have you been? Have you been there? No, mate, I haven't been. Oh, come on. Been five times. <laughs> isn't that like the number one? Isn't that like the number one tourist attraction in New Zealand? <laughs> I'm not joking. I, I, I have no idea. I, I honestly, <laughs> maybe, maybe I, I'd say. Oh, mate, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I would have I mean, thought like, the mountains more- in the South Island would have been. Like like and things stunning, like that, Queenstown. I was going to say, like, stunning scenery in New Zealand. But, um, oh, yeah, I've gone on to an article. It's just going to be lame. Oh, yeah, this mountain. Come look at this lake. Yeah, all yeah. right. Where's Hobbiton? Liam, I just want to uh, bring up a comment on this post, right, from a guy called uh, Iman Chowdhury, who says, the first pick reminds me of Bilbo's house from the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies. Ah, <laughs> brilliant. What's there his name? Go. It's not just you. Uh Eamon Chowdhury. Ooh, spot on, Eamon. Yeah, what lad? <laughs> we like you. What? You're in. Okay. Uh, Sam's saying, of course, as a child, going up the slide, as another one's about to go down it. <laughs> I think <laughs> in the first render, there's a playground up front, and he's spotted. Clever Sam, spotted, zoomed yeah, that in. Is, that is well spotted. That is mm. very well spotted. I love adding slides to stuff. You know, why not? Add slides to everything. <laughs> slides, trees, <laughs> drones. Yeah. But why not? Why not add it? <laughs> but this has, I'll say this, this is obviously a uh, foliage tree covered kind of project, but it works. I think but it does work. Yeah. Because it's lakeside. It, yeah. It's lakeside and it's not, it doesn't feel forced and it has the footprint to do it, has the footprint to kind of get away with all of that. And so many other projects just don't, they don't have that. And they just shove trees on, you know, willy nilly and they're like, yeah, there we go. Done. That's our, that's our bit for the carbon footprint, you know, and it's like, oh, I don't know. I've, I've become like a real skeptic when it comes to this stuff. But yeah, I, I, I really like it. I don't think the design, you know, blows me away, but I don't think it's meant to be. I, th- I think if I were in Columbia, Maryland, I'd be, I'd be very, very, very excited about this. And I think yeah, it's, it's landmark enough to be the big building at the center of your community, but not yeah. outlandish enough to kill it and fill out of place, which is why I think it works so well on this whole, the walkable rooftop thing and it connects different spaces together. You can see what's going on. There's educational spaces, there's space for events, there's cafe, you know, like it's nice. It's a good piece of architecture. It's going to bring people together. I think we should yeah. do that more with our buildings. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I like it, mate. I think this is fantastic. Another good piece from Heatherwick. Another yeah. good piece. I'm Does becoming like a real Heatherwick fan. Yeah, yeah, he has got a track record of plants, old Heatherwick. He does like it. We've got the Garden Bridge with Little Islands in New York. Yeah, mm. but it's all right, mate. I'll allow it, you know, because he did that little that school in Tokyo as well that looked he sweet. Did. Again, a few, few plants on that. 
But then again, he also did the um, the uh, motorcycle park. Oh, <laughs> Harley, Davidson. Harley Davidson Park. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so random. What are you talking about? It's going to be like thousands of bikes in this park. Yeah. Anyway, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. This is great. I'm a fan of Hobbiton. I'm a fan of Hobbiton, and <laughs> and that's why that's why I'd go to New Zealand. Are you a Lord of the Rings guy? He strikes me as I a Lord like Lord of the Rings, Rings guy. Yeah, uh, Lord of the Rings is great. Yeah, grew up watching them. It's fantastic. Mm. Yeah, fantastic series. He also did the. Uh, sorry, Heatherwick also did the Saudi Arabia um, desalination plant on the Red Sea coast that's been turned into a cultural museum. Did we uh, gave us some feedback on that a couple of weeks ago? Does yeah. um, that <laughs> Heatherweight do do they do mini skyscrapers? Mm, they do. They did a big one in uh, Singapore, which again is very tree covered. It's absolutely beautiful. I forget the name of it right now, but it's got these incredible. Is that the red one? Yeah, it's like a terracotta one. It's got these big kind of shell shaped balconies coming out of it. Plants yeah. dripping down it. It does look That's nice. Beautiful. That's crazy yeah, okay. nice. They've teamed yeah. up with Bjark Ingalls and all the Google stuff. So the Google headquarters, Mountain View, was uh, Heatherwick and Bjark Ingalls tag team duo thing. And they did the Little Island thing in New York, didn't they? Yeah, I did say that 10 minutes ago. Wrong oh, sorry, mate. Sorry, sorry. All right, all right. I was <laughs> too busy <laughs> looking at pictures of... I was, I was too busy looking at pictures of um, Hobbiton, mate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and the vessel. And the London bus design. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, killing it, killing it, killing yeah. it. Nice guy, I, Thomas Heatherwick. Very nice guy. Very easy. Get him to on talk the potty. To. Get him on the potty, Fred. Come on, sort it out. Yeah. Well, now that we've offended him and critiqued his work, I'm sure he'd love to come on. Well, <laughs> Who wouldn't? Complimented it. Complimented it. If you're brave, Tom Heatherwick, come on. We'd love to have you, mate. <laughs> we could have a good old chat. <laughs> Tom Heatherwick. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, you guys enjoyed this episode. Loved it, mate. Loved it's been it. a classic. It's been a every week. I should ask you a different question at the end. You should. You should. I don't ask know what it's a different question. Yeah. I will. Someone else. Oh, what was your, yeah. your favourite part of the episode? At the end. Hmm. Probably <laughs> yeah. hung up. When I clicked. I don't talk to you guys button. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, let us know what you thought about this episode. Get your comments coming in on all the buildings we talked about. New York's Penn Station, the incredible Magnolia-inspired skyscraper in Singapore. Singapore? No, Shanghai. And also uh, the new Heatherwick-designed library over in Columbia, Maryland. Get your comments coming in. Podcast at theb1m.com. And we'll see you next week. kind of fish? Is that a new thing? What kind of fish is better, mate? So- I'm leaning into the joke now because I've made the jokes. I'm like, I better own the joke. Bit of barramundi. Yeah, a bit of cod. Haddock, oh, mate. Yeah, haddock. Yeah. We've gone from yeah, bangers yeah. to fish. Haddock, so good. Yeah. Haddock, mm-hmm. mate. It's yeah. nice, like plain Jane fish there is. No, haddock has more flavour to it than cod. Cod is scampy. plain. Are you a scampsman? Love scampi. What is it? It's, a, it's, not, even a, it's not even a prawn. No. It's like a seabed thing, isn't it? See, it's like, scavenger. Like, like mussels and that. No, it's and not. Cockles. It's not like a mussel. <laughs> it's a shellfish, mate. <laughs> yeah, but it's what I'm saying. It's, it's like, like a little bottom feeders. Like little, like yeah, yeah. They're so good. 
Yeah, well, but I'm, must, I'm uh, feeling uh, like this chat is out of place, so uh, we better move on. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Sorry. I'm going to do this as a post credit again. <laughs> <laughs>